0: Free is our favorite word, huh. like free refills. At Morgan & Morgan, our <laughs> fee is free. You don't pay anything unless we win your case. Injured? Call Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com. It's free! Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Seven. What? Red
1: 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the
0: difference between winning and losing. Yeah! Between living and dying! Yeah! Welcome into 11 at personnel wrapping up SEC Media Days. I'm Nick Roush, back from a week in Atlanta. Thanks to our friends at Morgan and Morgan for the people. They got personal injury lawyers 800 all across the country. Size matters, especially when fighting those big insurance companies. And Morgan and Morgan, they have the resources to take care of you. You don't get, they don't get paid unless you get paid at Morgan and Morgan for the people.com pound law. That's all download that hit, press it in your phone, get all the information you need from Morgan and Morgan. Uh, it feels good to be back in the state of Kentucky and it feels good to be back talking to Adam Luckett here on 11 personnel. Luckett, you got dad strength now. I hope you don't (laughs) bust through that microphone coming through this podcast.
1: Uh, not much sleep going on here at the Licking House, but a lot of coffee consumption. Uh, been a good few weeks. Good, uh, good timing on our, on our part to uh, bring a baby home. <laughs> British Open runs right into mm-hmm. SEC Media Day, so a lot of good late night TV or, or anything to watch on TV. So uh, that's been that's been good. Early, early morning, I should say, early morning content to watch on TV.
0: Oh. Uh have you developed the skill to nap rather easily? Because I, I feel like that's one of those, just like if you can just grab two hours yes. here and there, then you, you feel pretty good.
1: Not every day, uh, but it's been two or three days where I'll catch a catch about a two hour nap. Um, usually it's like after dinner. Um, Cause I've been staying up late till about, I get the first shift at night. Taylor gets hmm. that early morning shift. So I'll get a, I'll get a little two hour nap in after dinner. Nice. Um, stay up with the baby, baby sleeps. Maybe I'll do some work, get caught Mm -hmm. up before the next day starts. So, yeah, it's been a – got a nice little rhythm going right now. But that's probably going to change soon.
0: That Jalen Geiger post was already ready in the queue this morning. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, that was actually actually got – thanks to Abby Steiner running late. That one got pushed over. But, yeah, some of that early morning SEC media day content you've got from me the last couple mornings that has been written the night before. (laughs)
0: And then I'm sure it was – you flipped the switch the other way around during the open, too, because you got to – you had to watch that, which that was – I know it's it's a a week-old news, but driving down, listening to that back and forth, the late charge from Cam Smith, golf on the radio stinks, but that made the first hour or so of that drive, first hour or two, freaking awesome. It was exhilarating.
1: Yeah, I do – it was um, a crazy comeback by Smith. I mean, just a insane – putting display we saw (laughs) from him Uh, just some of the stuff he was hitting. And then like he, he had this crazy comeback and Rory actually played what he played, how you're supposed to play with the multi shot lead on a Sunday, no bogeys Mm -hmm. Um, played it smart, hit greens and regulation um, didn't, wasn't super aggressive, gave himself a lot of two putts, a lot of par safe pars, Um, but that those safe pars ended up, he needed more birds there because Cam Smith was just in fuego there with the putter. Um, so pretty insane win by him. And that upset a lot of people over there across the pond because oh. they
0: were cheering for Rory hard. And now he's uh, he's going to be a live guy, or he's at least entertaining it because he's got and that. A-
1: Australian Alan Jackson sent them home sad. <laughs> Australian Alan, Jackson. That's <laughs> great. Oh,
0: that's great. But that was a lot of fun to kind of get the week of – Give us some sports before we got a week of talking. Um, I was down there in Atlanta with Freddie Maggard. Uh, I, I was tempted to bring Freddie on here, but to be frank, I'm kind of tired of talking to him. You know, we we just, you, you just get tired of talking. You get tired of that stupid room. You, you get tired of it all, um, but it's good to hit refresh. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your takes throughout the, the four days down there. But before we get to that, we're recording shortly after, they unveiled the predicted order of finish and the SEC teams. And uh, I'm going to start with the surprising omission. Um, what? No, I, I get there's some uncertainty around Chris Rodriguez, but that dude had 1,300 yards rushing this year. Nobody has more rushing yards in the SEC than
1: Chris Rodriguez. People love Tank, tank Bixby. Nick, okay. And then you add in the Jameer Gibbs, transferred Alabama. Those are two guys, two former top 100 recruits. People people love them. But specifically Tank Bigsby, 4.9 yards per carry, barely got over 1,000 yards last year. You look at any um, traditional stat, you look at any advanced metric, Chris Rodriguez is better than him. A lot better. Dev, Devin A-Chain is better than him at AM. and Zach Evans, better than him at Ole Miss. Um, So the biggest absurdity we got on this all SEC team was Tank Uh, Bigsby. I I, I would have been fine. You put put A-Chain first team because he was kind of in a secondary role last year. He had really good metrics. He would have been fine. You put Zach Evans. He averaged over seven yards a carry at TCU. Um, He could be RB1 in this draft class if he has a good year. All of those would have made sense. Uh, but to put Bigsby in there, and this is the second year in a row I think this has happened. Bigsby yeah. got in there last year, and you know why? He had a really better year.
0: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why. His name's Tank. People at SEC media days, the overwhelming majority of them are big dum-dums. And when your name is Tank, you've got to be good at running the ball, right? You're a
1: tank. Nobody can stop a guy named Tank.
0: It's all in the name. It's all in the name. That's why he's first team All SEC.
1: Yeah, they they are probably something to that, um, and there 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 are um, watching it watching the network and consuming media days this way. After going to it, there are a lot of the same can takes you get over mm-hmm. and over mm-hmm. and over. Um, Auburn and. Bigsby was one of them, like that he's the best back in the SEC. Offense needs to feature him. They have a chance to be good because they got Tank Bixby. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> another, another was, you know, we're going to get into this, but the South Carolina one was obviously one.
0: Right. Um,
1: all, Alabama, Georgia, mm-hmm. Juggernauts, that's another one. But, yeah, that was that was one of them. It's just silly. And that's for an Auburn team that we, we all think is going to be last place. In the West, it's an Auburn team that's got big-time passing game issues. It's an Auburn team that, you know, you don't trust their coaching staff, really. A lot of turnover there. Um, so, how, how good is well, Bixby going to be this year?
0: How about um, – so, we're going to go through the order. We, we will say uh, Kentucky was picked to finish second in the East. That was a surprise based on the conversation. Like, a- everybody wanted to talk up the other teams down there. So, the fact that they got second, about only three votes over Tennessee was significant.
1: They even picked Which is the- where it should have been, I think. I think it was pretty – Close. I went back and forth on mine, Kentucky 2, Tennessee 3, Kentucky 2, Tennessee 3.
0: Yeah, and a lot of it's just dependent on, I mean, Tennessee plays that game at home, and a lot of the seasons is going to go down to that game. When I was going through mine versus your picks, I think the only difference I had was um, Florida over South Carolina, just because I suck at Shane Beamer fraud loser weenie uh and i i, I had a a a little bit lower on my ballot than you i cannot believe as mississippi state was picked to finish six yeah that's crazy. That, that, that's crazy west that's absurd um it, it feels like this is going to be michael leach's best year to to really pop
1: with will rogers now in what year three in the system yeah all of that is there but the defense i think you look at it um, when I put my all SEC defense teams together on the first two teams, I had a Mississippi State defense alignment had a Mississippi State linebacker I had a Mississippi State cornerback. I think they've got star power on defense. And then I think their coordinator is really good. So you put together a top 25, top 20 defense there with that offense, mm-hmm. which is an efficiency machine, a ball control offense, that should lead to a lot of good things. And so I think Mississippi State is a team that, that people are really sleeping on. The schedule is brutal. They draw Georgia out of the east. Mm-hmm um that's tough and yeah. then plus the west gauntlet so that's tough but I think there's a lot to like about them um when you look at the west and you do then you look at all these other teams all this kind of turnover um Arkansas LSU Ole Miss all hit the transfer portal really hard we all think Auburn's going to be really down um so I, it's a great year I think for Mississippi State to write to have that breakthrough season for Leach I think all signs are kind of pointing mm-hmm. towards that
0: well Um, let's get to the teams. We'll sprinkle in some more storylines throughout. And we can go ahead and start at Auburn because what's funny to me like it is we didn't get the the lengthy filibuster that we anticipated uh, from Brian Harson. I think last year he talked for like 25 minutes and took one question, which also, by the way, heads up, everybody, if you hear some loud noises, there's construction happening below me in my house. So, Might get some banging around or whatnot. Um, but I I appreciated there was a guy by the name of Alan Cole who just did the word count on every trans uh, opening statement transcript. And uh Harson was near the bottom with only 886 words. Mark Stoops had a longer opening statement than Harson, who he tried to he he did the thing where I've talked a lot about this offseason. If you want to know more about it, just Google it. It's like okay. Okay, Brian. Um, but I love seeing like Josh Pate today caping for Brian Harson. He's going to do everything he can to make sure this team is in exhaust all options to make sure they're competitive. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you got to have some dudes, though. Is you that know, Calzada
1: going to do it for you? Right. My, here's what I wrote down uh, as kind of my notes for Auburn Harson is in NF mode. <laughs> Like And Andy Staples wrote a column on him this week, pretty much and calling Peter from Office Space. Everybody's seen Office Space. Main character just stops caring. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how Harson is right now. <laughs> he's doubling down on what he knows. He's got the Boise State coordinators, and they're just going to try to out-coach everybody. Um, but we all know how this is going to end when Thanksgiving weekend comes around. Um, I don't think you should be very confident that he's coaching in the Iron Bowl. It feels like an October firing if they lose, you know, a bad game or two, um, a 50-50 game early. So, I mean, it just is what it is. He's he's sticking to what he knows. We'll see if it works. The thing with Auburn is if you kind of pay closer attention, they missed on a lot of portal guys. They had to settle for Calzada at quarterback. Um, They didn't really upgrade the roster at a lot of key places. You look at it for an Auburn roster, it's pretty – the talent level is pretty low. And so with their schedule, Penn State and the non-conference, it's just a lot of challenges. Now, if you pull up their slate, it, it starts pretty – They it's manageable first five games or so, but then, then the gauntlet starts there in October. Probably take a lot of losses. Um, so, for me, he's just – he's saying F it pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you saw his opening statement um, only go a little bit. Uh, but there's – it's going to be a weird year at Auburn. It's not going to be very fun for that fan base. They also need pro. their AD is on this last year of his contract. They're going to have to get a new athletic director. They're going to have to get a new coach. Um, so we're going to get some high entertainment in the coaching carousel when that happens. Um, because now, without an AD and with the NIL need for money, Boosters got a heavy hand and it's triple at Auburn because of everything down there. So that we should have an interesting coaching search there later in the season. I
0: met our guy Hope. Down there, R- briefly ran into him. Ran into uh, a few Auburn folks. Um, that place, I don't, I don't know how they do it down there. It's, it's a nut house, um, an absolute nut house.
1: Entertaining beat for mm-hmm.
0: sure. That there's no doubt about that. One thing I noticed about Josh Heupel, I, I guess I, I, I don't listen to as many Josh Heupel press conferences as you probably do. Like it I didn't realize how bad his lisp is. It's, yeah, it's very yeah. unsettling. He's just, he he is the least quarterback quarterback in the history of quarterbacks. He just doesn't nothing was, about him oozes. He was a Heisman
1: finalist. Can you yeah, believe that?
0: And he won a national title playing quarterback. That dude doesn't. He just. I, I get like you know age is not unkind to all of us, but like I just I, it's so hard for me to see it. I I just I don't know. It, I get I get thrown off every single time, but um, the. Of all of the, I was surprised that we didn't get more Tennessee pop. Maybe because yes, they yes, late. That was my big takeaway. Maybe because they were day four, and so by then everybody's kind of you know zonked on out. Teams. By then, yeah, there the, was a bunch of zombies. That place got rowdy on Wednesday night down yeah. at the hotel bar.
1: I was uh, Doug was asking me, my father in law, he was in town. What's you like? What's it like? I was, you know, I was trying to explain it, but I was like, Wednesday nights like. Mm. That's like the big party night.
0: (laughs) Well, If you're
1: going to go have beers with colleagues, that's the night you go have uh, some beers with colleagues. But lights are getting eliminated at the hotel bar. Oh,
0: and they also, like, you had drink tickets with the Omni, and so you had to use them all, you know? So, like, it's also different in Atlanta versus Hoover because a lot of people are Birmingham-based, so you don't get as much... You, you don't get the traveling crew like you do in Atlanta where hell even Mike Griffith was staying at the Omni and you know, I mean, he's, he's Mr. Athens right down the road, you know? So um, it was, it was a little bit slow moving group, but um, but between, I mean, I know Tennessee has to fund somebody besides Cedric Tillman, but everywhere else, I mean, this should be pretty damn good uh with yeah. you know as long as there isn't a, a year two regression that you can that's kind of what i'm as a kentucky fan i'm hoping for a year two regression with a gimmicky offense
1: yeah that was that was the biggest surprise to me um that that a lot of people weren't fully in on the tennessee kool-aid um but i think a lot of that has to do to four last previous four years of blah you know uh, for and Tennessee. And being, i think there's there's i think people realize popular that,
0: kool-aid too like yeah you know
1: we, we've yeah. done this before People realize that team in this offense with this defense, it's just going to be a lot of shootouts, and so can they win the shootouts? The biggest thing for me, Hendon Hooker was really really efficient last year. Typically, when you look at completion percentage, passing success rate, those numbers were very high for this this Arbaugh style of offense. Those probably are going to take a step back next this this year. And so if they become a little more glitchy where there's more three and outs, how does that kind of affect them? How do the teams kind of adjust their, their styles of attack against Tennessee? There's still questions about, like, the defense with the depth, specifically a defensive line and linebacker in the secondary. Uh, I don't think there's much star power. They lost Alante Taylor. They lost another draft pick, Theo Jackson, off of that secondary. So there's, you know, there's thoughts that this could be a bottom four or five defense in the SEC, I believe. And then it gets worse as the season goes on. I think you saw last year Mm -hmm. they just wore out by the time the end of the season was what got here, and I think the same could be true uh, this year. So I think there's there's a lot to like with Tennessee. I think they're going to be fun. They're going to score points. They've got an iffy defense. And they have Alabama, Georgia, and a road trip to LSU on the schedule. Typically, that's not a team that really – with that schedule and that kind of DNA, that's not a team that you would expect to really threaten for a 10 and two type season. It's, that's kind of like a really fun eight and four outback bowl team. And I think that's probably where they land.
0: Yeah. And the, um, when you consider too what the media thinks of hooker, I mean, it was Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee in the media polls. And then in the first, second, third team, Quarterbacks, Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, Will Levis. So, but it's just weird because did Tennessee, did they have, I think they had an all SEC pick on their defense, but Kentucky had zero on theirs, which.
1: Yeah, I think it was their safety, uh, Trayvon Flowers was the only one.
0: Who was that media days? You're likely to get get a bump from that, but it was still just like, oh, come on. Uh, don't get it, but whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just – that game's going to be fascinating for a hundred different reasons when Kentucky goes down there on Halloween weekend. Tennessee in general, like, they're just going to be – they're going to be a fun team to watch. They're going to be a lot of close games, I think. That pick game, or week two, could go either way probably. They get Florida at home early. They go to LSU, I believe, first or second weekend in October. And then, of course, the Alabama and Georgia gauntlet. They go to South Carolina in November. So there's and then they could take a game at home. They're just gonna be a lot, a lot of games. They're they might be the most must-see team in the in the league. Like that, I think they're just gonna play in a lot of exciting games. And so if they win a lot of them, the people are gonna be excited. But here's a here's a quick stat for you, Nick. Josh Heupel, okay. four years as a head coach, three and ten in one possession games.
0: yeah It's got Satterfield like numbers.
1: Yeah. Typically though, there's a lot of up and down peaks and valleys with these one score record types games mm-hmm. but after about five years that's kind of who you are right and he's entering year five as a head coach this year so well, if he can't figure out how to manage those close games uh, that's going to be very hard for them to break through because eventually you know he's going to have a lot more at Tennessee than he had at UCF and you're going to have to win two to three of those a year to, to be where you want to be
0: the um uh i i just completely drew a blank um i I, it happens sometimes the the synapses aren't completely firing right now like it um let's move on to texas a&m though while my brain's still trying to catch up with all that because i I thought i had something it was a wolf whatever um texas a&m jimbo fisher he got asked about nil quite a bit like
1: eight yeah that was my big takeaway he got hammered with NIL questions and he danced around them like he was doing the Texas (laughs) two-step. And I do find it, it's very interesting. Mark Stoops went on fine bomb, gave this another huge rant on NIL collectives
0: Mm -hmm.
1: worried about the future. This, how are we going to handle this? And even Jimbo saying they need NIL regulations when they're really benefiting the most, at least last year, it seemed like they did. Their recruiting class this year is not great so far. Right. Um, so that that was interesting that he that he said that as well. Um, I think this is a team, Nick. Like people wanna, I think it's very popular. And I think even you're on this, maybe lower on AM than some. Like it's very popular to say all Jimbo, eight and four Jimbo, not live up to the guarantee contract. Uh, but to me, like this is four top 10 recruiting classes in a row he signed. They have the third-best roster, I think, in the SEC behind Alabama and Georgia. They didn't really hammer the transfer portal, and to me that's a sign that they feel really good about the young players in their their organization. Quarterback's obviously a huge worry, um, but you look at that defense, like they might have the best secondary in the SEC. That defensive line is littered with top 100 recruits. Mm -hmm. Offensively, Devin A. Chain's a really good running back. I think they're going to have one of the best offensive lines in the SEC. Um, all that should add up as long as the quarterback's not a total net negative um, to a really big season, I think, to nine, 10 wins. Um, so well, they're a team I'm, I'm kind of high on.
0: That, when, when you laid it out that way, it makes sense. It's just that you don't have the proven commodities at the skill positions that, right. you know, that people from 10,000 feet like myself like to just say, oh, well, they're going to be good because of him and him. Um,
1: they haven't had the star receiver quarterback yet. Mm-hmm. And now, Georgia – now, neither did Georgia really either. Um, but they just kind of built it up, built it up, built it up. And they – they, I mean, we can say a lot about Georgia. Georgia did benefit from like, – like, we've seen this offensive spread boom from these Blue Bloods. That took a step back last year, and Georgia really benefited from it from winning the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have to play, you know, a Joe Burrow. They didn't have to play the Mac Jones, Alabama offense – they didn't have to play the Trevor Lawrence offense when he had all when T Higgins and Justin Ross were just Moss and dudes. Yeah. Uh, the only team that could have really done that last year was Ohio State to them. And they just did their defense was just so uh, bad. That's yeah. for most of the year. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I now that are we reverting back or is that gonna is that gonna take over again this year? We'll have to see. Well, uh, but um, yeah, I think that's the reason with AM they haven't we haven't really seen the explosive dynamic. It's been in a different Food way. Offenses, right. Yeah. He, he's well, there's a lot with... of – there's criticism with Jimbo, how he calls play. It's very run-heavy. Um, he gets behind the chains. He gets a lot of third and longs. It's not a very quarterback-friendly offense. And so, the people don't like that. He probably needs to adjust a little bit there. But now it's getting to a point where they've got so much talent that they're just going to, you know, figure yeah. it out, even if they're in the I formation the entire game.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I did love his uh... – God, he talks. It's just Jimbo is entertaining, if nothing else, and the way that he can spin it and just kind of go Mm -hmm. on and on and on. I appreciate it. I, I I like characters like that in the SEC. They make things fun for me, and that's why. um, Even going back to day one, hey, at least he's giving me something to hate. Freaking Eli Drinkwitz, my man, dude can't he can't help himself. And Dan Mullen vibes, man. God, it's so bad, it's so insufferable. And the thing is, is I'm actually kind of rooting for him now, Luckett. Because you know what? I, I played nice with him one year. If he's back next year, like I'm going on. It. Just like, why, why are you the worst? Why? Why? Because it's it's so bad. But you know what, though? Whatever he like, the, the kids apparently. I mean, he, he got a four-star receiver, he put out some. Stupid celebratory video the other night. Yeah, uh, that was a big in-state recruiting win for them. He he's had quite a few, but luck it. I, I just the the sell trying to sell us that there's continuity at Missouri when they're just rotating door of defense 18 quarters. transfers.
1: Yeah, yeah like
0: yeah. Well, get the hell out of here. Like I that I'm not not buying that, not buying that at all from for me. Yeah. That.
1: For Missouri, there's like it's weird because there's there's really two big sides here. There's really reason to believe in the future. Like, this recruiting class that will be true freshman this year has some absolute dudes in it. But they've had so much turnover here in these upper classes, and Odom just didn't recruit well, and that's kind of what he's dealing with in the front end of that roster and trying to turn it over. And then he's, I think he's mismanaged the quarterback situation. Like, Basilak was hurt last year. He played hurt. I don't know why they were so – Antsy to get him out. I think yeah. they thought they were going to get a transfer, and they he struck out on all the transfers. Um, so there's there's doom and gloom there. I think you could really feel as a Missouri fan like uh, this might be a tough year. We got to go to Kansas State. They're better than Missouri. That's probably a loss. And then you have the SEC. They've just been a 500 program ever since 2013. Mm-hmm. And so it's probably another boring five and six, six and six year where there's not going to be much buzz. Um, you don't know what you have at quarterback at all. And they're the biggest question mark, I think, quarterback-wise in SEC. I don't know what you're going to get from them. And so I think it's very important for him this year to have some of these true freshmen, like a Luther Burden, some of these younger, big blue chip recruiting, once he's had to show some proof of concept, show some playmaking. Because that's really what they're going to hang their hat on. Um, because it's probably going to be a five and seven, six and six year. But with Drinkowitz, he just – last year people liked the try-hard stuff. Yeah. Because they were kind of a plucky team. Um a surprise maybe second place team you could pick Mm -hmm. this year. People are not buying that. And so it's got, it's going to be kind of a weird year I think for him. And I just, I don't understand the, uh, what I think he came off a little, like he tried a little bit too hard, I would say.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's all he knows. He's it's weird. These app state guys, they've got very similar vibes. Um, Scott Satterfield isn't as good at trying hard. But they're in a similar situation with the recruiting success, almost buying them time. But how much time can it buy you? You know, uh, the difference is he didn't yeah. run his quarterback off. Like the, the Basil stuff, I, I, I did not understand. Did not understand that at all. Because even his four is better than what well, that's you, as bad as it might sound like it. We've seen what Kentucky can do with woe for. Or high four quarterbacks, you know, like Terry Wilson wasn't gonna go win you games, but he did a pretty good job not losing you games for the most part.
1: Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just don't I I don't know. Like that's that's a concern. You get Drinkowitz, this offensive coordinator, has had a good track record of finding quarterbacks and having success with quarterbacks. You can't find one at Missouri. So that's that that's concerning if you're a Missouri fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in that big recruiting class they had, Sam Horns, their signee, he's no, he's no slam dunk, but he could go play professional baseball. Um, that still hasn't been decided yet whether he's going to go or not. But he could pick up at any moment and be like, I just want to focus on baseball. Um, so there's a lot of mm-hmm. – there's a lot of worry there. Um, Kentucky gets Missouri November 5th. They could look like anything. Um, I've seen people try to predict – you know, Missouri win, could Missouri be a loss? It's like – it's a total coin flip right now because I don't know what what they're going to look like. and That that could be a team that's plenty of young guys and start coming on at the end of the year, or it could be a team that, you know, the season's over at that point. So, I, that could look like anything uh, when Kentucky gets there on first week of November.
0: What um, – I'm trying to rack my brain on who else went on Monday. Um, we had Ole Miss. Which you want to talk about another team. Crook. No idea what they're going to look like. Lane, uh, Lane, very, very eager to pump the brakes on expectations.
1: Yeah, and that's not something he really does if he feels like he has a good team, I think. There's just a high variance with this Ole Miss team. They could have 12 transfers starting. They were another team that swung and missed on some quarterbacks. They ended up getting Jackson Dart, but Jackson Dart was not good in the spring. Luke Altmar is probably going to be their starter this year, and he didn't show a lot in limited playing time last year.
0: Yeah, he got kind of thrown into it in that ball game. If,
1: if they have an iffy quarterback situation, then it puts a lot of importance on their running game, and we'll see. We never, we've never, we never seen Zach Evans. I think people are high on him. We've never seen him really go out and have a 200-carry season. Um, so can he? can he carry a load for an offense would be a huge question. And then they just got a lot of coordinator turnover on top of the transfers. Uh, DJ Durkin, defense coordinator, did a great job kind of finding a way to succeed with that defense last year. He's at A&M now. Um, So they've gotten a new defense coordinator. They've gotten a new offensive coordinator after Jeff Lebby left. And so there's just a lot of moving parts there for Ole Miss. Um, After a year where they won a lot of close games, they had a breakthrough season with a star quarterback. Now they don't have a star quarterback. Now they have all this turnover. It feels like a team that takes a step back.
0: Yeah, year. And yeah. that
1: feels like a game like Kentucky really needs really needs to win. And I think that's what Lane Kiffin's kind of doing. I think well, he knows he's got a lot of moving parts. He doesn't really know how everything's going to fit. I don't think he really knows how the team's going to need to play to win. They're going to have to figure out all that stuff on the fly. And they're another team like Auburn, Nick. The schedule's really easy early. Yeah, yeah. And so they that's the the point I was going to make is that... They can be 4-0 and not that good when Kentucky rolls to town.
0: Right, right. They will not be tested by the time that game uh, happens at the Grove to kick off October. They're doing a stripe out, so th- they're really upping the importance and significance of this game. Uh, you know, Kentucky's everybody's Super Bowl bucket. Like but that that front part of the schedule is not great, Bob. So they're at least going to get some time to figure themselves out. It'd be a lot – you'd almost rather them to see them, you know, week one or week two, but it kind of like also the spot you get Florida in. Uh, but – Oh miss, I just I just don't know what to expect. But it was funny having Kiffin and Drink juxtaposed next to one another because Drink tries so hard to be cool. And Lane is just like he is he's just classic cool. They're like the dude who doesn't care, too cool, cool for school guy, tan, mm-hmm. blonde hair. They're well, just like, different.
1: Like Lane was a popular guy in high school. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The
1: guy had parties.
0: Drink, Drink was drinking, which went in calculus right when he was boss. a sophomore. You know, yeah. like he, hes not used to <laughs> to people paying attention to him.
1: Yeah, yeah. The total, total different. Total I'm the di-
0: boss now, so they've got on, to invite on me on both party. sides, right?
1: <laughs> but I did think, I think Lane doesn't. It's very interesting how I, how he manages this year, and this is the criticism for him. Um, can he, you know, can he avoid the the total drop-offs? Can they stay? Can mm-hmm. they stay at seven and five this year, right? Not yeah. have a big drop off and then reset. Um, he's doing all this portal recruiting. I don't know if that's the best long-term he's recruiting. Like he doesn't want to be there for a long time to me. Um, like he's trying to have another big year and get a job, but, but we'll see. That's going to be uh, interesting. That's a game Kentucky should like, that's a game they should win. Um, I think even more than the Florida game. I think that's a game they really need to win. They've lost two close ones, Ole Miss and the Snoops tenure. They need to win a road game against an SEC West team. That's a big game for the fan base. Nick, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people going to that game. Yeah. yeah. Like that's going to be a huge Kentucky road turnout.
0: Talk to somebody who's, they're banking on staying with the Luckets. So, um, hope you've got room for one more. <laughs> um, I've
1: got a few that just, that trying to get on the list.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did talk, you, you talked about like somebody who's trying to go. I talked to, um, somebody who's got some ties to LSU that said uh you know if things didn't go well with Brian Kelly that Kiffin was he was asking he was playing he wanted that job he was pushing he was the for next it.
1: one if Kelly said no they were going to hire Lane Kiffin
0: well and he was <coughs> like it really was going to go down to do you go with the one that people like do you, like it, it the way he put it is it was like kiffin or stoops in which one has the uh you, like do you, do you want to take the risk out or do you want to be risk averse like what what's it going to be for you was 50 yeah.
1: 50 was going to kiffin because the fan base would have been more in on it
0: yeah 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 um all right next one up um I'm, I'm losing track like it help me out here okay no
1: uh, lsu was monday you yeah they prepare. were first
0: up Brian kelly
1: yeah, with them, I to me, who knows? I don't know what's going to happen with LSU this year. I think it's probably going to be seven, five, eight, and 4 just because I think they've got competent coaching. Yeah, yep, I mean, they've they done do. a good job filling some holes in the roster through the transfer portal. I feel like they'll find one decent quarterback with all the ones they have on campus. The opener's huge against Florida State. They get Florida State Labor Day – or Labor Day Eve night, that Sunday night in New mm-hmm. Orleans – Florida State plays on week zero, so they get a game under their belt. Um, it's a big game for both sides. It's a – I called it a don't piss your fan base off early game for both Ryan Kelly and Mike Norvell. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like,
1: if you can win that, you're you're probably going to be pretty good. Um, so, who knows? I don't really know what to expect from LSU. Um, they've got talent, obviously, but not in, not in, that much talent if they had to go out and get all these transfers.
0: Yeah. And, like, yeah. is Kayshawn Butte. I mean, I think he ended up having – How to dialed in surgeries. is Kayshaun
1: Butte going to be?
0: Yeah. Like, like if many... he gets
1: – if he gets 30 for 500 in the first five games and then sprains his ankle. Well, and or even if he
0: – I mean, he could do the Derek Stingley and just, like, just be hurt the whole year and not play. Yeah, the only
1: thing with that is he didn't have – he was good his true freshman year, um, but they weren't on a feature team, and he had – didn't have it was really like the last five games where he turned it on. If he had a full season like that, yeah. Because, I mean, he's, he's right. in argument for – I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is wide receiver one. And I think bootay's probably wide receiver two right now in the draft.
0: But he doesn't like he's a have, first round pick. Yeah, and, and and I think the other thing too, Stingley was like top five pick projected long. very early. Yeah. Right. Like that, that that was they were calling early. him
1: the best defensive player in the country as a true freshman.
0: Right, right. Whereas bootay you are you you're correct in that aspect. That's been more of a uh, a late rising type deal where it's not as long and well established. But yeah, um, that's I'm, what LSU,
1: I'm, I'm, they got pass catchers. With Boutte and some of those other younger guys, they got – I think there's a lot to like there. Defensively, they'll figure they're, – they're, like, they're going to play smart and they're going to have a good plan with that coaching staff. And so, I think that raises their floor. I don't think they're going four and eight. I think they'll figure it out. And we'll probably look up and they're going to be seven and five playing the New City Bowl. Or
0: yeah, the, um, the general consensus, too, among Louisiana people is – you know, as much as we like to joke about the family and all the like dancing and stuff, like nobody cares if you're good. Um, and even though yeah. it, he's it, got
1: this year to set set the uh, ground, the floor, right. and set the foundation, but then next year is when you yeah. need to start winning and competing and when consistently, going for ten wins a season.
0: Right. So, like, if you and you generally think like Brian Kelly, the dude knows how to coach. Um, he's not exactly a ball of sunshine, but he's going to get that thing. He's going to get that machine burning, turning, and churning in no time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday, it was Alabama Day, and I know Sankey mentioned it. It really was funny to have the the, <laughs> the calming of the, the storms, if you will, uh, as Saban took the podium. All in all, though, it was pretty boring, even though he is, without a doubt, got the two the two best players in the conference, and probably the Two best players in college football with Bryce Young, at quarterback, and Will Anderson uh, yeah. on the edge. The, the, I know you do this every year, but here's my time. Just have edge as a position for your all-SEC teams. Why do we have...
1: Why are safety and cornerbacks together? Yeah. like Why do we separate live- centers but not guards and tackles?
0: J.J. Weaver and Will Anderson should not be voted on the same position as Henry Toto. Like, it just – or bumper pull. like Yeah, bumper
1: it. pull and Will Anderson are not the same. Like, Will no. Anderson is on the line of scrimmage. He's got his hand in the dirt yeah, 60% it's, it's of the
0: time. So stupid. So – and it's, it's asinine. We do this every year. But it felt even dumber this year with Will Anderson there. It, because, like, past rusher and edge rusher is – has now taken itself it, – they've removed themselves. They're an, uh, an elite class, especially when
1: you look at the NFL and NFL draft boards. Like, those dudes are – we do it in recruiting rankings now. We separate linebacker, yeah. off-ball linebackers and edge players.
0: It's stupid. Absolutely stupid. Uh, I do want to share uh, before you uh, a hot take from our friend Connor O'Gara. He's, he has Ohio State as that. the team beating Alabama.
1: And which, he also had uh, Tennessee beating Georgia.
0: Interesting. Doring was the big hot take guy as Kentucky beating he Georgia. He was talking
1: Kentucky up all week. He yeah. was the big one.
0: He was the SEC network uh, guy gassing him up. Jordan Rodgers was the guy uh, pulling him back down. That was their kind of lines of the week.
1: There was, but I do think – we'll get into this, Kentucky, but, like, people just think they have a really high floor. And so, that everybody expects them to be, like, 8-4. Um, yeah. But for Alabama, like, the, 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 the dichotomy, excuse me, between Saban and Jimbo in the big room.
0: Mm-hmm. Jimbo
1: hammered with questions about his argument with Saban. Saban doesn't get anything. Zero found that interesting yeah now that that's a little weird because he does meet with the local people and so they probably answer they probably answered some of that maybe in the local room so you don't have i mean you know how that's like with kentucky you don't really need to ask a lot of stuff you get from snoops you don't really need to ask questions in the big room yeah yeah exactly um but that that didn't happen uh so why you know that was interesting that's that (laughs) that was you know uh pretender versus contender kind of thing and also people there is some nervousness with Saban, I think, in that room. People are a little nervous to ask questions, and it's hard to ask him a question there's
0: so many. many uh, we did have Jim, some Jimbo. But, there
1: wasn't very many people there, so you could get the mic pretty easy.
0: Yeah, it was Jimbo was the last one up. A lot of people had already um, headed home. Um, that but,
1: was, uh, on, I think, that was on purpose, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we 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 did have. The dude, the old man from Football Writers Association of America, which, you know what, I'm not going to pile on him too much. But when he was like, what advice would you have for our interns covering your game between Alabama and Texas? Uh, It's like, oh, buddy. Come on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Either way, it was. It was pretty cool to see Will Anderson up close in person. That dude is going to be the best player in the NFL in two or three years. He's enormous, yeah. and he, he's number he one can, pick.
1: You can you can add thirty pounds to his frame too. Like, yeah, to me, it's just they got the two biggest stars in college football. Like, you can talk about Bryce Young's pro future, but he's a great college quarterback. Um, he can make plays off platform. He's very good in structure, and he's just got so much poise and so much instincts and so many like his anticipation throws are just – anticipation throws are just elite. And then Will Anderson is like an all-time war daddy. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to have 100 tackles, 25 tackles for loss, 12 sacks. Um, and they're de- – like Alabama's defense, Nick, you look at it, it's going to be – really It's Alabama defense sir. again. It's a it's a race for number two defense um, yeah. in the country. And so that combination, Alabama, you, you should be the favorite, but you have to worry about them, I think. Because really, like – Alabama is an easy pick, I think, to win the SEC this year. Um, if you hmm? look at them – looking them not know, Vandy. Nation- <laughs> yeah. I do know. You look at them winning the national championship, like if they got against Ohio State, and you know, Ohio State's got all these receivers and the quarterback, could they keep up in a shootout? Because the question with Alabama is offensive line and receiver. And so that, that would be the issue. But they feel like a very safe bet to make the, the college football playoff and probably be playing in the national championship game.
0: The um, you're exactly right in that regard, and it fine by me, you know. If Kentucky's got to lose to them in the SEC championship game, so what you know, still so be pretty cool. I did love just I know you caught it too when he called uh, the new offensive line, Coach Woodruff. Um, yeah, that's that's something for Kentucky fans to watch because if they do mess up at all or if something goes wrong. It's really that, that that's their quote unquote weakness is their offensive line. That's the only thing you can.
1: You think well, do, Wolford's going to get undressed on the side of Nick Saban? Oh is that where God. you're getting at?
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Whew. So I think just- o-
1: O'Brien's up in the booth, I'm pretty sure. So he, there's got to be somebody there he's got to yell at. So is, you think Wolford might be the candidate there? Oh,
0: okay. yeah. Yeah. New guy. Definitely the candidate. Um, funny thing, too, I learned from talking to some. Uh, media people who went to Penn State, um, they said that people like the players love Bill O'Brien. We dunk on him because he's like the he's got the butt chin. He's a he's doofus just
1: low hanging fruit. Everything yeah. the the, the uh, everybody knows how big of a mess the Texans were at the end, so he's he's easy to dunk on. But he did like he won games a lot of years. Well, like yeah, he I made mean, the playoffs a lot.
0: And and we joke on him for being the perennial uh, ESPN Saturday Wild Card game. Uh, against the yeah, Bengals every but like, year but, like, had the wild card game. but you know what though is, is boring as winning that division is and being a wild card team it's still pretty damn good for the texans so um uh, it, it, he'll he'll probably get that they'll, they'll win a national title he'll get that texan stink off of him um then they'll move on one thing i also wanted to mention too uh whatever the line is Against Texas, it will not be enough points. He's going to run that score up so high. I mean, it's just cut him open, pour salt in the wound. They're going to put up a 60-burger on that team. I am I'm, I'm I have full faith that that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of – I think Texas is going to be pretty explosive. Kind of like the over feels like maybe a play there. So, I think Bama is going to score some points. But I think Texas can maybe keep up with some – you know, if they can hit some home runs there in the passing game with Quinn Ewers, that might be a play there. But yeah, that that's really my take for Alabama. I think mm-hmm. uh, their floor is really, 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 really high. Um, but I think they do maybe have a hard ceiling. And if they get against one of these modern just juggernaut spread offenses, they might be in trouble in the playoff, but that's that's way down the road.
0: Uh after Saban, we had Carkley who delivered um did you fall asleep during it like because i i almost did in the room that was that was bad definitely zoned out a little bit there for sure it i don't know so you don't need to go up and be an entertainer but you're also part of what you're doing is selling yourself to prospective players and nothing about what carlevy said made you excited i mean it was just monotone gobbledygook of like saying, hey, uh, we stunk last year, but by God, we're going to be better. And but you know what, though? If he gives that pitch to his snooty-fluty bosses at Vanderbilt, that'll work. He talks like they, he, he's, they're he's they picking up what he's putting down. But I don't think any of the fans or recruits are.
1: Yeah, two things I'll say. I think he made a good point about, you know, last year sucked. It was a year zero for him, but it's what we needed in our rebuild. We know it sucked. We're moving on. We're taking a step forward. Um, I think uh, it was probably a good idea. He brought Mike Wright, named him the starting quarterback. Yeah. So that gave him a little bump there at media days. So I thought that was a good move. And then he had that nice, you know, the quote, the little thing about Brian Kelly being a good dancer. And so he hit on hit on some notes there. But he's also the Vanderbilt head coach, Nick. Like, he's not going to get a lot of questions. or yeah. any Really any good questions. People don't know much about their team.
0: You got to um, say, so you go, got to talk for a long time. Yeah. So
1: going on those, I, I, I get it.
0: I get it. it he, he, he also did a good job. Uh, as boring as it was, the line about Vanderbilt football being the best team in the country is going – like, that, that got some it, social media. It flag. got
1: people talking about Vanderbilt football.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, even if it was just all jokes.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's really not much to get on Vanderbilt. Their season one totals two and a half, Nick. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that over. Mm. They're going to win an SEC game. They, they damn near beat South Carolina on the road last year. People they forget get them, that. They get them at home this year. <laughs> I'm here for Vanderbilt <laughs> beat Shane Beamer. I'm here for it. Please, let me get that. They're going to get them in Missouri. Like, they have to go to Mizzou, but they're getting one of those. They're beating one of them this year. All right, I'll write of it down.
0: Teams. I'm writing it down right now.
1: And when we do luck it or luck it, when we do our season win total picks, I'm thinking mid August here, Nick, when mm-hmm. camp slows down, yep. um, when we get about two weeks in, and they're not giving us anything.
0: Anything, no, yeah.
1: We'll get, we'll have our win totals. I went through a bunch of them um, earlier this week, one of my late nights. So yeah, that Vanderbilt one might be on there. Uh, <laughs> they're getting somebody this year.
0: All right, um, that day we also. Uh... That was not Florida Day. Florida Day was Wednesday. Um, I don't want to get to Shane Beamer yet. I want kind of want to done do
1: Arkansas yet. Arkansas Ar- was Monday, I think.
0: D- d- they they were Tuesday or well, either way, it doesn't matter. Arkansas, whoever. Just my big takeaway: Why are you scheduling the way you schedule? You idiots! Like it is just suicide. Sam they are getting Pippen lucky rules. with their East crossovers, but yeah. like still, it's scheduling suicide. I don't. Sam Pitt, a, well,
1: Number one, Sam Pittman rules.
0: Yes, he does. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, number two, they are getting some benefit of the doubt here. Um, I don't really I, – I, I'm kind of okay with it because I think their coordinator is really good. I think that's the biggest thing Sam Pittman has done. Uh, it's established the culture, and then he's got two really good coordinators, and they kept them in Arkansas with Kendall Bryles calling the offense and Barry Odom on defense.
0: Brawls was very popular in the coaching circle. Like, keeping him one more year could end up being difficult. Yeah.
1: People want this team to be the new Kentucky, really. They want this team to be the Kentucky and the SEC West. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a lot of fans there. A lot of people like K.J. Jefferson, but you, you're right. The schedule is ridiculous. Cincinnati at home week one, South Carolina at home week two, um, and then that's not even getting into their SEC West. Mm-hmm. Um, Gauntlet, I'm um, trying to think who else they go, Who they draw out of the East outside of – Georgia. South. Georgia out of – is it Georgia this year? Sure Georgia, gets, Georgia gets Mississippi Georgia gets Miss to be staying. They played Georgia a couple years ago. Um, let's see who they get here. Great radio here. It's not Vanderbilt for sure.
0: No. It's Missouri
1: is their permanent. The old handy yeah. fill still here. They get. Well, South Carolina is their one now. They, they get South Carolina, Missouri. Oh, so that's that is an the, easy one. But they have to. They get Liberty at home. I mean, Liberty.
0: Yeah, and they got to yeah. play
1: Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze, exactly. Um, yeah, it's just uh, and Bobby and Petrino. At BYU is the big game, which yeah. BYU is a legit top twenty five team this year. That, they that's go, dumb. And then they, go Texas, Arkansas, they, they go Texas AM, and Arkansas. They go Texas A and Alabama, at Mississippi State, at BYU. I'm um, going into their bye. They're going to be beat the hell up when they go to Provo.
0: And then on top of that, their FCS team they schedule is Bobby Petrino. Like, you don't think Bobby is putting all of his chips in that basket for that game? I know it's yeah. an FCS team, but like even your FCS one, you're, you're inserting a stupid little storyline in there for no reason. So and, and they, that, they're another
1: uh, team that hammered the portal. Like they need these portal guys to be good. Mm-hmm. They missed on a lot of their portal guys. It could get south quick for them, but people really like them. Um, I really good, like they the, got a good coaching staff.
0: I really like the Arkansas media people too. Not just your guy, Bob Holt, but like the radio guys, they all get after it. Um, they're, they're good time, Charlies. They're good people. I'm a big fan. Um, all right, Georgia Kirby Smart. I don't know why they waited till after his he talked to do the contract extension. I guess he probably did. the, We want to make this about players um, sort of deal. Yeah. Um, look at uh, are are they the greatest tight end team to ever tight end in the history of tight ends?
1: Uh, they're up there. Uh, Brock Bowers, Eric, Eric Gilbert. They got a Darnell Washington. Oscar Delt was a big. Recruiting win here in the last class. And they lost and they, their main burden.
0: <laughs>
1: it's going to be their offense, it's going to be interesting how they kind of scheme that up. Um, good old line. Stetson been in a quarterback, but they need their offense to be pretty good um, from the jump to get where they want to go. Um, so that's going to be interesting. To me, the big takeaway was like Kirby's really selling hard. We're not taking a step back. Uh, because the comparison to me to this Georgia team is the 2010 Alabama team. The first year after they won the national title, um, they knocked on the door. Um, Bama won it quicker, uh, but how do they reset? I mean, they just lost a lot of star power. Um, so how do they kind of reset? They got a, you know, they got a manageable schedule, I would say, for them. Mm-hmm. Their two toughest games, Nick, might be the road trips to Mississippi State and Kentucky, and they're at the they're that's in November. Yeah, you know, they're gonna they they've got a very you know a couple people think that at SC, at south carolina is the game i think tequila spikes and our guys see mike or two guys on that train i don't see that happening i think they're gonna handle them pretty easily like they they've done in the past but especially they've, the got, most they've got, got a lot of run now. they have a lot of runway here it's, i guess it's what i'm getting at to figure out some of their problems before those two big games at the end
0: the uh I, I did get to spend some time with your boy Mike Griffith. He 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 was disappointed you couldn't make the trip. Yeah, I bet he was. Yeah, he was really upset. Y'all could have hung out. <laughs> um, it would it would have been a great time.
1: And me. another thing, Georgia's local media is really they really they they're pumping them up too. Uh, I think Kirby's got all of them believing that there's not going to be a a step back.
0: What's interesting though is they do have. A combative relationship with Kirby because he's such a—I mean, he—he he hates having any media watch anything. He's as old school as they get when it comes to access. Um, I think he put them all on Zoom all year last year. Yes. <laughs> like I, most places are like, we're back to open practices, and he's like, oh, we still need to be on Zoom. <laughs> so. Um, Anna,
1: there was an interesting—you missed it. He didn't get asked about the cocktail party moving in. Um, but Tebow asked him about it. No. Uh, Tebow was like, how can you move this? Like, this is great. Like, why would you want to do it? Um, and they had a nice little back and forth. <laughs> about uh, And Kirby's sale is, you know, it's because of recruiting. Um, and it's, you know, Florida gets, a, you know, pretty much a home game every year for it. You know, we can't have recruits on campus. It's a, it's one less date for us. And think how awesome the atmosphere would be if it was at Florida one year, at Georgia one year, and Athens and Gainesville. So that was interesting. Um, obviously, Florida doesn't want to move it. Mm-hmm. Georgia, Georgia seems pretty set on wanting to move it, potentially. I wonder when that contract's up with it's, it's, Jacksonville. It's,
0: it's later. It's like 28 or something. So they've got a little bit of runway. Um, so we'll
1: see when that comes up. But I, I, he's pretty headstrong on moving that. He didn't bring it up a lot, but I hear in the next two media days, it'll get brought up again about wanting to move that game, especially if Georgia starts hammering Florida every year.
0: Yeah, I um, – I was talking to some people from Jacksonville and, you know, I was pro I'm I'm pro game in Jacksonville. Kind of like I was very pro. It's the
1: one neutral side game. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, and it was, it was, it was fun. It's fun doing the split thing, but also like Kentucky, Indiana basketball playing in Louisville and Indianapolis, like so much fun. And also an opportunity for people that like that, that was the kind of game that, Nick Roush would never go to games at Rupp Arena, but he could get to a game at Freedom Hall. You know, uh, maybe instead of, you know, unloading a bunch of money uh, to spend on season tickets, you know, you just pay a little bit more of a premium price
1: to watch a rivalry game down the road. It's also a marquee game for the beginning of the stretch run there. Because it's it's usually the weekend after Halloween. Mm -hmm. Usually last week in October, first week in November, it's when like the stretch run starts, when the, Division title races start becoming clear, and you start getting playoff ranking stuff. And yeah. the SEC really likes it when both those teams are in contention. That game is blown up on a national scale when both of those teams are when the division title is on the line. SEC networks always there for their little pregame show. Mm-hmm. They all go to Jacksonville. It's a big de- like it's a big deal from that aspect. I don't think the SEC really would want it to move, right? Uh, but so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but. Maybe because it might become, though, less important, though, Nick, when we get these other teams in here, when you get Texas-Oklahoma. Yeah. When you get some bigger Texas-Texas and it might become a less important rivalry game. So,
0: um, see how that develops. Speaking of, on the other hand, Florida, I, I completely missed Billy Napier. That was during UK's um, – the local media stuff. I was posting – you know, I, I was in, in it. So, look, at, I'm going to let the four be yours. With the caveat that Freddie was impressed, Um, and and the Anthony Richardson hype, like Jim Nagy's compliments of him, like afterwards we were talking, he's like, I don't know why Dan. Well, Spencer Rattler stole a lot of his thunder,
1: which is surprising. I I don't because if the people on Rattler, they would have been on Richardson if Rattler wasn't in the league. Uh, But we'll get to South Carolina here in a minute. Florida, like, it's just – it's the same thing with Billy Napier. It's the same message he's been saying all along. He's got this plan that it's going to – He's he needs patience. Um, he's pretty much – to me, he's setting up for, like, this is very much a foundation year. Like, they're not going to be great this year. Like, I think six and six, seven and five season seems most likely. And then next year is where they take the big jump, where you've seen coaches at these big blue blood schools. It's really year two where they really make their mark year two is what you should really judge them on that, but year one, it's all about setting the foundation for them. Um, so it, to me, it was just the same clear message. He, he looks and sounds like a big time football coach. He's not, he's not trying to get a sound bite. He's mm-hmm. not trying to get uh, go out of his way to create buzz for his program. He's sticking with the long run, the, the long plan, the long game. Um, and establishing their culture is really what they're all about this year. And he's not going to panic if something doesn't go their way early. Hmm, like week two, perhaps? Yes. Hmm. I mean, week one, week two, Utah, Kentucky, they could very much lose both those games. And they could, like, and then you go to, I think, Tennessee week four. I mean, they could be one and three out, out the jump. And we all know hmm. how Florida's fan base is there. They will have a meltdown, full-on meltdown. <sighs> um, but I think Billy Naper, I think he's ready. for. I don't think he's planning on that happen, but I think he's ready for that. Um, and they're going to be insulated enough where they're going to be able to handle all that outside noise. Um, and so that was really him. He, just, he has a plan, but I think expectations should probably be low for this Florida team. They're another team, Nick. The defensive line depth is not great. The offensive line has not been good in a long time there. I mean, that's the two areas he's really got to build up. Um, And then you look at their roster, like, where it's the Florida star power? Like, the receiver core is, like, it's slow. They don't have a lot of game breakers. Um, You think Anthony Richardson can be a star, but you don't know. Um, Defensively, they've got a lot of rebuilding to do there. So, it's very much going to be a middle-of-the-pack team there in the SEC. And that's another game, uh, like, you know, it's not a must-win for Kentucky, but I think it does eliminate Wiggleburn for you if Kentucky loses that. So that's a huge game for them. It, it's a year where Florida's down. It feels like a year – and Kentucky has a really good team with quarterback. It feels like a year you need to take advantage of that.
0: The time, it's early on, early in the rebuild. It's a good time to catch that Florida team before they get wheels going. They don't have a, a good tune-up because they're going to get beat up.
1: If they lose to Utah, it's going to be a stressful-ass place down there
0: mm-hmm. in the swamp
1: because Florida fans aren't going to want to go 0-2 – with a loss to Kentucky to start the season.
0: Oh, it would be a real shame. A real shame. Uh, Speaking of real shame, we had to deal with South Carolina again.
1: Uh, Again, I'm just over it. Uh, I just – I think it's so fake. I think this guy's act, I am not buying it. Everybody else is buying it. I am not buying this this act. Um, I spoke with Derek Carey, and he pretty much brought up a good point. It's really a combination of a couple things, like these – First-year surprise coaches, they always get a bump at Mm -hmm. these media days events. We saw with Drinkowitz last year. If you surprise, um, you're always going to get people more quickly to want to buy in. And then it's that combination, and then it's two names. I mean, we got brand names here with Beamer and Rattler. And you've got a head coach that's willing to go out there and try to create buzz. Um, Where Napier's not doing that, where he's not making full house videos – He's not dancing the soldier boy trying to look cool. Right. This guy is. Um, and so I think that's, that, that creates a lot of buzz. And I think that's what you see. And that's why your people, oh, they could be, you know, a team that could really challenge for it. Um, mm-hmm. They got the quarterback, blah, blah, blah. They got this, uh, that. And Bill Connolly, he wrote in his preview, it's kind of like this he does for ESPN of every division. And he wrote, South Carolina kind of has the Kentucky plan here offensively, they're just trying to get a bunch of transfers in here, a new quarterback, and kind of light it on fire. To me, the only difference is the coordinator.
0: Yeah, go they've to got a Satterfield. Satterfield.
1: He would rank <laughs> towards the bottom for me, if you're ranking offensive coordinators. But he's trying to run the Rams offense, at having never worked for Sean McVay. So, Your I mean, lot. we'll see where it is. They got, they have a lot of skill talent. I do think if you look at them, it's like, oh, I could really buy into this. But the O-line has been a big problem for them. Defensively, I like their coordinator, but they're going to be middle of the pack in the league. And the schedule's tough. They get Arkansas at the road out of the west. They get AM at home. Clemson in the non-con. Go got to go to Kentucky.
0: Kentucky. Yep.
1: Get Tennessee at home. They got to go to Florida. And then how much are we also, Nick, they got Auburn and Florida at the worst of the worst at the end of the year. And they won two games at home against them. Yep. They got North, a North Carolina team that had pretty much, that was a big disappointment and pretty much quit on the season. Those are yeah. the three wins you're hanging your head on.
0: Yeah. They, they, the inflated season ending confidence. They, they also got that too going into this we are Kind of like when Tennessee beat Indiana in the Gator Bowl a couple of years back, and you're just like, "Oh my gosh, Tennessee! They're going to be the best team ever because they won a bowl game." And it's like, we're putting too much stock into this. We're, we in people put too much stock in the way that South Carolina ended the season, and I'm I'm happily ready to watch it just blow up in their face again. And we joke about South Carolina being this buzz team, and I I thought I I didn't realize that it. I joked about it. I actually didn't think it would happen this year, though. I, I didn't think that they would get all yeah, this hype. I was but, surprised at it. But it, it, you know what? Look at uh, the clock. It, Even a broken clock is right twice a day. And this clock ain't broken hey, year by year. Just expect the media to fall in love with South Carolina. But back to the the stars of the show for this show. Uh, the University of Kentucky Wildcats—they—they they did get a little more respect than usual, and look at—I think they got just the right amount of disrespect too. That you know, you can have the the Vince Marios of the world, like to where they can still say that they don't believe in you. You know, like you still they still keep the chip on
1: the shoulder, right? Right.
0: There's there's just enough of. The all right, Will Levis, you're great, and just enough, like okay, you guys aren't going to do it. That, that 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 hunger, that chip on their shoulder card, they can still play it going into the the 2021 season, 22 season. Jeez,
1: yeah. To me, the the two big takeaways was a lack of praise for Will Levis. Um, it was a classic college football media fading NFL draft media. It was, this was a classic. Um, college football people saying, no way he's that good. This is just the NFL trying to tell us who's good, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And then at the end, I think it shows just the respect people have for Mark Stoops and the job. And the, people just think Kentucky has a really high floor. Uh, they think they're going to win eight games, eight, nine games, and they're going to be in the hunt, and they're going to be tough to, to beat a team that plays hard. And I think that's why teams, what, or the media had them, them second in the East. Um, a big storyline was who's, how does, who ranks third? Who's the third best team? Who's the fourth best team? I think Kentucky's clearly in that group where I think A&M's probably third, but they're in that group where they, you could put them fourth or fifth in the league. I think they're firmly in that mix. And for Kentucky, I think another thing, Nick, I think that maybe where people were hesitant. This was the first time since 2007 where Kentucky came to this event with a legit guy they believe in, a quarterback, a legit guy that you can right. think to be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. And right. I don't think a lot of people really know how to take I that. Know. Yeah. Like a lot of a lot of people picking South Carolina on TV, like a Greg McElroy, a Jordan Rogers. Andre Woodson's older than them. Like they just don't, you know, they don't know Kentucky with preseason quarterback. That's That's <laughs> you know, true. so it, it's just different. I think people are a little bit hesitant to see what Levis can do here. And then I think the coordinator changes a lot of people scared a little bit.
0: Which makes um, sense. Because yeah. as, as much as we can spin why Rick Skangarello is good, there's a there's a, like what what is bad.
1: It's also a system hire. Okay. Like they have an established system here now. They're gonna run this offense and it's gonna work. I think if there's not like there's I think they deserve some benefit of the doubt here with with Coach Rich. Right. right. Which also like how Mark Stoops pronounces his name, I have no idea how to say. Kingriello,
0: he can't, like, he what can't I, say I, his name at all.
1: Is that how he pronounce it, or is he getting it wrong? That's what he just—he's
0: he, just, he can call him whatever he wants to call
1: him. Is that a, just his his Youngstown accent? He just can't get it out.
0: Can't help oh. it. Can't help it. Yeah. Um, he didn't give us anything on Chris Rodriguez. No. I'm I, I It'd be nice, but not getting it. Uh, curious. We've got UK football media days and. About two weeks' time. Curious that dynamic about that.
1: I love the Barry and Brown blurb we got from both Stoops and Will Levis. Uh, That's exactly what (laughs) you want to hear. Like, he has to put the pads on, but when they're throwing seven on seven, if they're saying that, that dude is different. He's just got a different level of juice. And, like, he's going to be a weapon this year. Uh, Rich Skangriello. Hello. (laughs) It's going to have to get, you know, creative in how you use him. But that's that's why you're hiring him, because he's bringing some creative, I think, packages. And Lane Kiffin talked about that with Kentucky, how creative they were on offense. Like um, like a lot of stuff they did. Uh, the Barry and Brown stuff is – I'm excited about it. I think you should be excited about
0: it. It's worth getting hyped up for. Although, and, I, I, I will say, like I am starting to, to run a little bit on E right now. I can feel it. I'm getting yeah. a little shaky.
1: And the one – the one one more we can get out of here. The tread's getting State, thin
0: on those tires.
1: Mississippi State, I think they're the sleeper people are sleeping on them. Mike Leach, like he's funny, but he low-key sucks at this event. Like he's not giving you anything. He <laughs> yeah, wants to talk yeah. about weird – he had a really weird interview with Paul Feinbaum talking about cancel culture on the radio. It's, he, he doesn't bring Will Rogers – um, another, that was
0: that was shocking. Like, What are you doing?
1: But another, like, people were saying, "Will Rogers has slept on. Like, there's a lot of people that need to learn, like, this is very much plug and play. Any quarterback in the system is going to throw for
0: 4,000 yards, yards and 30 yeah, touchdowns. Right, right.
1: So you uh, just need
0: that. I, I do think it's also noteworthy that that's how Leach thrives is being the not talked about. Like, he, he doesn't seek publicity. Like, when he does other interviews, it's local media stuff. Uh, I mean, he went on with Brandon Walker. But, like, there's not – there's not anything else like that out there. And, I mean, his best team at Washington State was with Garner Minshew. You know, at Texas Tech, they had yeah. Michael Crabtree as the difference maker. But n- nobody was going in that season proclaiming Graham Harrell as some savior. So, th- there, I think there is something to him actively – not trying to promote his team, even when they could be at their best.
1: That's just how he rolls. Yep. He he will he won't talk about football. He, like even some of the local reporters at Mississippi State will tell you he just wants to talk about other stuff.
0: Hmm. Favorite
1: candy bars. Yep. Uh, favorite dinosaurs. Uh, what to expect advice. in marriage? That was yeah.
0: Good. Yeah. That was a good. Yeah, word. that's
1: what you know. You ask him, you know. Why do you run mesh so much? He doesn't want to answer that. Right. So that, right. That just that's 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 what, what he is, but that's just, you know, he's a quirky character. I think yeah. they're a team that gets surprise folks.
0: Yeah, and I, did, I didn't notice him getting a lot of nil questions. Um, it was funny when he got asked uh, about the 64 team playoff. Um, and he said, Well, he said that be a before Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he talked about it a lot, so they brought it back up. Uh, he's but, good for one funny quote
1: you can get a year from him yeah. about this a bit.
0: St- to go back to Stoops, it was a little surprising how open and how much he talked about nil, because he's usually not a big-picture college football guy. Yeah. It's a, it a little different um, here on that side of Stoops. We did get some big-picture things from this week. It obviously wasn't uh, Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC, uh, but it's not going to be a one-time transfer anymore. It's just going to be
1: – Anytime you want
0: yeah, just within this these transfer windows. Um, you can do it as many times as you want. Just do it within the transfer window period. Uh, and then Greg Sankey is just putting double birds up at everybody. Um, right. They're not eager to add to it, but they're certainly the next round of playoff expansion not making any sort of concessions.
1: Yeah, and Jim Phillips over the ACC <laughs> definitely looks like he's out of his league right now.
0: Yeah, called the uh, Alliance
1: of Success <laughs> wants the neighborhood to thrive together. Yeah, give me a freaking break. Yeah, I would not feel very good if I was an ACC team. Also, ACC kickoff was lit this week. Oh baby. yeah, they were coming at each other. You had Pat Narduzzi pretty much wanting to fight his former offensive coordinator, calling him out. I don't know if you saw that. He said, "Our our offensive coordinator wouldn't run the ball with you know." He was stubborn. I, you know he, his offense just set records. Yeah. Um, he, you know what he said about Lincoln Riley in the past. You had Dabo getting mad, saying people think his quarterback's a slapdick. <laughs> From Easter Boga Community College. You had Malik Cunningham calling out Clemson for stealing signals. Called out Kentucky. Called out Kentucky. You, you had Syracuse guy. linebacker call out Malik Cunningham. Which, that one's I mean, funny,
0: because it's like, Syracuse, who are you?
1: Yeah, that, yeah. That, I mean, I'm ready. Syracuse Louisville week one just became a lot more juicy. Night game. Oh, but it's like, – Kentucky for King Kentucky's at night week one. That's kind of a buzzkill.
0: Yeah. That yeah, is a little bit of a buzzkill. But yeah, oh, that well, was ACC's kickoff
1: it. was – they were getting rowdy down there in Charlotte.
0: We're only 40-some-odd uh, days away. So, it'll
1: be here before you know it.
0: It will you be consider, here you know it.
1: It's talking season over now. No, because
0: I think the initial stuff you get out of camp is kind of talking season-ish. And like you said, we haven't gotten to win totals. That's when I get uh, – g- this, I, that, see, this I almost, like, like sh- opens it up for me. You know, we're okay. like – now it's like there's a lot to consume, so let's really get into it for a couple of weeks because it's the deadest part of the sports calendar. Uh, right. We have two weeks till NFL preseason football begins. So it, it, it's, it's a dead zone. It's a dead zone right now.
1: Yeah, to me it's a little different because now it's kind of preseason camp season. Because mm-hmm. now you get into learning about like you get reports from actual football being played. You have an open practice or two at places. Get information. Mm-hmm. Some injury news starts leaking out. Right. Getting the win totals and all that. We're talking season to me is where when spring ball ends to the end of meeting days you're just talking nonsense you just you have to make stuff up that's what that's talking season to me well now no. it's like this is the real football season to me now once can't once we get the everybody has their you know little, little media day yeah um, at the beginning of the camp which kentucky's august 3rd um so like 10 days away um uh, yeah. friday july 22nd so football's here
0: we'll be here before you know it it's uh it's been a pleasure it was a, a long, exciting week down in Atlanta. We appreciate Morgan and Morgan for getting KSR down there for thepeople.com. Any personal injury needs? Morgan and Morgan has you got you covered. down pound law on your phone. That's all. Um, Luck like it. Glad everything's going well with uh, uh, fatherhood. Uh, you got a cute little stinker on your hands. Um, I hope there's not too much puking all over those uh, white Cincinnati Bengals uniforms. Make sure you keep the, the burp rags handy. And uh get, send four to Doug my regards. I will. We'll do. Well, it's been a pleasure. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Go cats and go croak.